Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's a lovely snowy day in northern Ohio. Started off with the wonderful rain, which turned into the wonderful slush, which is now turning into the wonderful snowflakes. Gotta love lake effect snowfall. It is absolutely the best. So without further ado, go ahead and grab your coffee, sit back, relax. We're going to go ahead and get into our listener stories this week. Our first story comes from Mandy, and she has entitled it, My Early Experiences. Okay, Mandy, see what you got here. My first brush with the paranormal happened as a child, and I initially thought I was the only one who had witnessed the strange occurrences. It wasn't until we moved from the property that my mom shared her own experiences with me. We moved into the first cottage when I was four. It was pretty much derelict and needed a lot of work. Shortly after, however, my parents decided to expand by buying the cottage that was also attached to it. It was then, when my parents knocked through the adjoining wall into the murky corridor of the cottage next door, that things took a paranormal turn. Those low, beam ceilings and muffled stone walls of cottages built during the 16th century had far more in them than the excited young family who just moved in. One of my earliest memories from that time was the cold patches. My bedroom was in the second cottage, the one where the majority of the occurrences had happened. In a room with no drafts, I would suddenly walk through an area of the room that was ice cold, and then emerge back into a more normal temperature just seconds later with my skin covered in goosebumps. But even more unnerving was the sound of children laughing and running up and down the corridor that led from the first cottage to my bedroom especially as my brother and I were often the only children in the house, and he was just a very young baby at the time. I could never quite make out what they were saying. Their conversation was muffled, but the laughing and the sound of small feet running were as clear as day. Outside of my bedroom was the long hallway with no windows and the light switch was at the far end. I can clearly remember the sheer panic of coming out of my room to find the light had been switched off and knowing that I'd have to run the length of the corridor in the pitch black before I could put the light on and step through the door into the dining room. The last thing I wanted to do was cross that unknown terrain in complete darkness. As I sped along that corridor countless times, I ran through those same icy patches I'd felt in my room. I learned later that I wasn't the only one who'd heard the children playing, and that my parents had always left that light on for me and had always been baffled when their seven-year-old came dashing breathlessly through the door like something was chasing her. But that was how it felt when I burst through the door, as if I hadn't been the only one running along in that corridor. The first brush with the unknown was the first of many. As I got older, I took more and more interest in the paranormal and formed my own opinions on what I was experiencing. Coming from a long line of empaths, I soon realized I could feel more than many. 
and that it would manifest itself in many ways over the years. Wow, Mandy, that was incredible for such a short story. That was an awesome experience to share with us. Uh, the old 16th century cottages in England are places that I would love to go exploring. I mean, they're beautiful in their own right, but then to think about the history of them, the stories that the walls could tell if they could talk, and it sounded like maybe the one that you were living in was doing some talking. So that was pretty cool. Uh, the cold spots, things like that, that's all very classic haunting. Uh, it's the kind of thing that as a paranormal investigator, you run into a lot. You search it out and you, you find an area where you're going through a room and one spot one spot will be maybe 15 or 20 degrees colder than the rest of the room. And sometimes that spot's stationary and sometimes that spot seems to move around, which is always really weird because how can a cold spot in a room move around from place to place and the rest of the room is one temperature. So that's usually a really good sign of some manifestation going on. And then of course you had the the laughing and the running and the conversations that you couldn't really hear what was going on sounded like you had some really cool activity. It sounded like you might have had some other stuff that happened later on in your life. I would love for you to share that with us if you get a chance. In the meantime, thanks a lot, Mandy, and I really appreciate it. Our next story comes from Catherine, and she has entitled it, I Hate It, That House. Okay, Catherine, let's see what was so bad about the house that you hated it. It was around August in 2007, and my mom had just bought a beautiful two-bedroom house that had been around since the late 1800s. She insisted on moving in, but something about the house just put a shiver down my spine. I remember the day she showed me the house. Yes, it was very beautiful. It was white, with a red door and blue shutters. As soon as I stepped on the lawn, however, my conscience was telling me to turn back. So I just stayed still, not moving, and my mom said, Honey, come on but still yet I didn't move. She then came up to me and shook my shoulder a little and I just fell to the ground. My mom kneeled down and asked me if I was all right and I nodded my head yes and told her I wasn't feeling so hot. So we just went home. I didn't even step into the house and I already knew that it was evil. I tried telling my mom about my feelings towards the house, but her heart was set on it. I kept on telling her not to buy it and not to, but she just ignored me and told me that I was just being silly and letting my imagination get to me. So, finally, she bought the house, and my heart just sank. It was moving day, and the ride to the house only took about 30 minutes. As soon as we parked in the driveway, I felt that feeling in my stomach again. You know, that feeling you get when you're about to ride a roller coaster. But instead of the excitement part, I just felt the fear. My mom walked to the front door with the key in her hands. She just couldn't wait to get into the house. We reached the door and she pulled her hand out, the key going into the lock. Then she thrust herself towards the door, but ended up just running into it. She said, hmm, that's funny. I just ignored her and then suddenly the door creaked open by itself. My mom's eyes got a little big and then she shook her head lightly and said, must just be the wind. I remember walking in and feeling the cold breeze from inside the house hit my face. My mom shivered and said something about how cold it was and I just stood there cringing, my bags in my hand. She then walked to a hallway near to the right of us where a bathroom lay on one side and my room lay on the other. She grabbed the doorknob and opened the door. I followed quickly, not wanting to be in one room alone. 
She looked around the room, me now in the doorway, and it was even colder in this room. She smiled and said, Oh, look, it's cute. Perfect for friends and hanging out. I sighed, and I think I said something like, If I make any friends, or something like that. She looked at me and gave me her, Come on, just try and get used to it look. I just looked away and she closed the door, leaving me all alone in that cold room that gave me nightmares for months. The days and weeks flew by and I wasn't making any friends. Schoolwork was getting unfinished and I began to get stuck in the same old rut. I remember crying almost every night. It was like hell for me, every night lying to my mom and telling her things at school were great and hiding detention slips. I had only lived in the house for a month or so and already felt depressed. I kept on complaining to my mom of what the house was doing, but she just normally tuned me out and not seeing any of the changes. I just felt like there was nothing I could do. I remember this night vividly. I was sitting in my room listening to music and I heard a slight scratch from somewhere. I looked around the room and just continued what I was doing, but then I heard it again. So I just got up and turned my music up even louder. I sat down on my bed and out of nowhere my stereo slid to the side of my dresser and fell to the floor all by itself. I screamed and called for my mom but when she tried to open the door it became stuck and there was no way for her to get in. She started yelling about something but I couldn't hear her. I was too busy screaming and crying myself. It was like the devil himself was doing this just to amuse himself. Then the door flung open and my mom came in looking at me with wide eyes. I was on the floor, my back against the side of the bed crying in my arms. She just held me and I kept on repeating, we have got to, got to get out of this house, over and over again. She just kept me in her arms and told me that it was all right. Then her eyes narrowed towards my stereo, smashed on the ground, and she screamed, what the hell happened here? I just lay there on the floor, not moving, and then she just came up to me and we sat there for about an hour, sitting in the cold room. Later on that night, I was about to take a shower when I saw a red mark near the side of my arm. I turned around and looked at my back where more scratches took over. There were six or seven big scratches that looked new, fresh. I then called for my mom and she came into the bathroom, one of her hands covering part of her mouth. She then told me to get dressed and grab my stuff. I did as I was told and packed my things quickly, only grabbing a few things. She then opened the front door and we left the house. We stayed with my aunt for the rest of the week and left the house, which was fine by me. But from this day, whenever I think about the house, it sends shivers down my spine. I never want to set foot in that house again. A few months later, we moved out and we learned that there had been a family of devil worshippers that had lived there years before us. There was a little girl that had come up to the house one day asking Providence for her church and the family just went crazy and apparently hung the little girl in the living room, putting candles around her hanging corpse. The family then left the country after that. I myself find this story very interesting, and I wonder if it was the little girl's spirit haunting me through those past months. Whoa, Catherine, that was an absolutely incredible story. That was, I can't even imagine going through that kind of experience in a house 
like that. The um, it sounded like you know you might be a little sensitive to uh, what was possibly inside of the house. Uh, obviously, you felt things, and I don't know if your mom felt them. Your mom's reaction to your scratches kind of tells me that maybe she knew something was going on that she didn't tell you about. But uh, in any case, you guys got out, which was great, especially when scratches start appearing. That's usually not the best sign in the world. So glad you guys got out and that you're safe and that everything ended up being all right. I think it's kind of uh, wild about the story about the former family there. It kind of sounds like kind of sounds like urban legend type stuff. But, you know, if you've got documentation, things like that, that's wouldn't be the first time something like that had ever happened. That would definitely lend itself to a dark history on the house that would kind of open it up to a little more malevolent activity going on there that we would normally find. Uh, again, glad you guys got out and that you're safe, and I appreciate you sharing with us. Thanks a lot. Our third and final story today comes from Shelby, who has titled her story, Ouija Board Troubles. Okay, Shelby, Ouija Board and Troubles usually kind of go hand in hand, so let's see what you've got here. I've tried so many times to tell this story, and I usually get pretty jumbled up, so please bear with me. This is probably the scariest and worst thing that has ever happened to me and some of the people around me. You may not believe it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It all started on the last day of my sophomore year in high school. My friends, Megan and Snowy and I, decided to leave school early, mainly because there wasn't really anything going on there. We called Megan's cousin, Justin, he had graduated the previous year, and we asked him to come and pick us up. When we got into his car, we decided to go to the mall. We were walking around when we somehow got on the subject of paranormal things and Ouija boards. Justin asked, have you guys ever played with one? Nope, we all replied. Well, that's when it all started. We went to Spencer's and bought a Ouija board. We immediately went back to my house to check it out and see if it would actually work. We went straight upstairs to my room, closed the door, and began setting up the board. We read the instructions, took a deep breath, and placed our fingers on the planchette. Is anyone there? Nothing. No movement. No creepy feelings. Nothing. Maybe we should ask again, I said. Does anyone want to talk? Very, very slowly, it moved to the word, yes. We all looked at each other. We had made a pact before we started that none of us would secretly move it. What's your name? Honestly, at this point, I don't remember anything about the spirit. I know they seemed nice and were pretty friendly and pretty funny as well. When we would laugh, it would move and spell out, ha ha. We were having a great time, asking random questions and laughing at each other. But then, out of nowhere, something happened. The planchette started to move faster and with more force. It started spelling out the word B-I-T-C-H and F-U-C-K. We asked, who are we talking to now? I'm not even going to type the name here because just thinking about it gives me chills and scares me. But as soon as it spelled out its name, Megan freaked out. Oh my God, don't talk to them. We all jumped and jerked our hands off the planchette without even saying goodbye. Why? Who is that? I asked. It's a demon, she said. I've read about him online. So we all started freaking out, but we decided that to play some more for some stupid reason. Now, I don't know if any of you ever played with a Ouija board, but you are always supposed to say goodbye before you end a session like that. 
If not, it can let the spirit, or in our case, the demon, free by leaving that door open. Things really started getting weird after that. It seemed like a darkness had settled around us. We put our hands back on the planchette and asked if anyone was there, and of course it went straight to yes. I can't remember exactly how it said it, but it told us something bad was going to happen to one of us, meaning Snowy, Megan, or I, when we turned 18. It was then that it told us that it was going to show itself through KJ. Yeah, we didn't really know what it meant at first, and then it spelled out the word sister. And my sister's initials are KJ. I freaked out. Don't you dare do anything to my sister. It then went to ha ha. Someone, I think it was Justin, decided it would be a good idea to ask it to move something. So Snowy volunteered to let it move her hair. She moved her hair so that it was dangling. We sat and waited and then we slowly watched and saw her hair sway, just at the very tips, kind of like the wind might be blowing it. We freaked out. It was so creepy. We went back to the board and then asked, was that you? It instantly went to yes. And then it went to the number five and then to AM. We didn't really know what that meant, but then it went to S-H-O-W, spelling out the word show. We said, are you going to show yourself at 5 a.m.? It went straight to yes. We were really starting to get freaked out, but we just couldn't stop playing. It's like it was sucking us all in. I'm sorry if this isn't making much sense. It just happened so long ago. After hours of playing, some of our other friends came over to my house. They literally freaked out when they saw that we had the board. I even got into a huge fight with one of my very best friends. We had never had a fight before. It's almost like the board was causing it. They all ended up leaving because they were so scared and said it was witchcraft. We finally decided it was time to get rid of it. We took it outside. It was so dark and scary I could feel someone or something watching us. I had also grabbed a lighter on our way out so that we could burn it. We walked over to this huge hill that had a river at the bottom of it. We figured that that would be the best place to get rid of it. We tried to burn it, but it wouldn't burn. We held the lighter under it for at least five minutes and nothing. It didn't even turn brown. We had heard something coming up the hill. It was covered by tall grass and trees, so we couldn't see what it was, but it sounded like a person. We started ripping up the board into small pieces. Justin broke the planchette in two. We threw it over the hill and as far down to the river as we possibly could. We decided we should maybe say a prayer, maybe keep something from following us. As we bowed our head and closed our eyes, Megan jumped. Did you see that? What, we replied. I just saw a black figure run behind you guys. Megan, please tell me you're lying, I said. No, Shelby, I don't think she was lying. We took off running. We were terrified. When we made it back to the house, Megan decided she was going to stay all night with me, so Justin was going to take all of us to her house to get some clothes. We then remembered that the box the board came in and all the instructions were still in the house, so we decided to take them with us and just throw them out the window somewhere on the way. We were on Megan's long and winding road when we just decided to go ahead and chuck the box out with the instructions inside. We got to Megan's. She got her clothes and we went back to my house. Justin decided to go ahead and go home because he had to work the next morning. We went inside and surprisingly fell asleep pretty quickly. But I was soon woken up by a terrified Megan and Snowy. They had both woken up at the exact same time, 5 a.m. 
they decided to wake me up and let me know. It was really scary. I swear it was like someone was in the room with us. I told them, nope, I'm going back to sleep. And I rolled over and slept until the next morning. Strange things started happening at my house. A week or so later, I was in my room, the same room where we had played with the board. I was just watching TV, minding my own business. I don't know why, I guess I noticed something out of the corner of my eye, but I remember looking over to where my closet was. I had a tall lamp plugged up beside my closet, and as I turned my head, I focused in on the lamp and watched the cord kind of jiggle, and then it jerked out of the wall. I ran out of the room, and I honestly never went back in there alone again. I even started sleeping on the couch. Another day, I was with my mom, and we were at the mall or something, and she just out of nowhere started talking about how she had gone into my room one day. I swear, I felt like someone was just staring me down when I walked by your closet, she said. I thought someone was going to jump out and try to scare me. Now, I never said one word to my mom about what had happened or even that we had a Ouija board in our house. I finally decided to tell her because I felt like she needed to know. I needed to tell someone. Mom, I said. Snowy, Megan, Justin, and I may have played with a Ouija board a month or so ago in the house, in my room, pretty much inside the closet, I said. I told her about the light, too, and explained that's why I wouldn't sleep in my room anymore. Oh my gosh, Shelby, do you think we need to bless the house or something? I don't know. This has never happened to me before, I replied. She ended up calling a pastor at a church we used to go to a while back, but he never came to the house or anything. Not exactly sure why. Nothing happened for a while. We moved to another place, and I know it followed us. One day in the new house, Snowy was over and helping me unpack my stuff. I had a big mirror at the time, and that was connected to my dresser. I was putting something in the drawer and happened to look up to the mirror towards the closet. In that closet, there was a string that used to turn the light on and off, and I had set it on top of a shelf in the closet so it wouldn't be in our way while we were putting stuff up. When I looked in the mirror, I saw the string jerk down, like someone was trying to turn the light on or something. I turned fast and yelled, Did you see that? Snowy looked up. What? That, that string in the closet, it just pulled off the shelf by itself, I replied. Snowy looked towards the closet and then back at me. No, I didn't see it. I didn't say anything, just turned around and started unpacking again. Um, Shelby? Snowy sounded kind of scared, so I turned around. In the middle of the room, there was a box with a piece of glass sticking out of it that went to a big picture frame I had. The glass was shaking back and forth like something or someone was moving it and trying to get it out. We freaked out and ran out of there. My dog, she's small and never barks at anything. She went to my bedroom then and started barking at the closet and wouldn't stop. She was growling and barking and just freaking out. Needless to say, I didn't sleep in there anymore either. Nothing else really happened there. I think it just wanted me to know that it was around. We ended up moving again. Nothing happened at all in that house. No weird noises, no weird feelings. We stayed in that house for maybe six months. My mom started seeing a guy and we decided to move in with him, so we moved again. But that is the house that she is currently living in. I graduated high school, and after a couple of months, it was Snowy's birthday. It was her 18th birthday, so we really wanted to make it awesome. We had a big bonfire. Everyone came. It was so much fun. Two months later, Snowy was killed in a car accident. 
I remembered as soon as I got the phone call that the board had said something bad was going to happen to one of us when we turned 18. I was so mad. It was the worst thing that I've ever been through. I'd never lost someone so close to me. She was one of my best friends, and there was never anyone like her, and there never will be again. To this day, I still wonder why. Things happened to me even after we moved, but it didn't feel threatening like it used to. In a way, I thought maybe it was Snowy coming back to let me know that she was fighting off the bad spirit and replacing it with herself. I wanted to believe that. Boxes would slide around in my closet like someone was looking for something and moving them around. One very early morning, I was half asleep. I remember hearing my bedroom door open. Heard someone close it behind them and then walk up behind me. I turned over and no one was there. But that's really all that ever happened. Sometimes my sister hears the cabinets open and close in the kitchen, but that's about it. I've moved out now and nothing has happened to me in my new house. I don't know if it's just tired of following me or if it just wants to stay at my mom's house. All I know is I will never touch a Ouija board again. Wow. Shelby, that was that was absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was that was a tough one to read, especially when you talked about your friend Snowy dying. Um Ouija boards, in my experience, are never, ever, 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 did I say ever, ever, something to just mess around with. They are, um, you know, people think that they're very ancient. They're really not. They were uh, created in, I want to say, the 1920s or 1930s or so. So they're not really that old, but they are generally accepted in the paranormal community as a gateway uh, to other things that you might not want around you. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, obviously with your story, you can kind of testify to the fact that, you know, nothing good ever comes from them. And I don't know if in your case, if you contacted something that caused something to happen to one of your friends, or if it was just a prophetic thing that happened to that. In any case, nothing good ever happened from it. It sounds like you guys, uh, probably learned your lesson there unfortunately it took took something really bad for you guys to learn your lesson uh but at any rate it's not um not something to be messed with and i definitely discourage anyone out there listening to uh i want to discourage them from ever messing with ouija boards just not a good thing definitely not a good thing uh, but at any rate uh shelby i do appreciate you sharing your story with me and with our listeners and uh, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Catherine and Shelby and Mandy for sharing their stories with us. Thanks a lot, guys. Without your guys' stories, this podcast just wouldn't happen. So really, really appreciate that. Uh, in the realm of stories, we've actually had a few questions that about format and about submitting stories that I'd like to go ahead and answer. Uh, one of the biggest ones is people will say, well, I don't have a very long story. I don't have a huge experience. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, we had uh, one story today that was fairly short. And we had another one that was fairly long. And we can work with either one. Whatever you guys want to share is the important thing. Uh, the other thing is that we've had a lot of people 
talk to us about, well, I don't want to necessarily share my story because I don't want it getting out there that I've had this experience. Some folks are, for some reason, embarrassed by them, uh, but they still want to share them. Feel free to share them with us, guys. It is uh, a completely judgment-free zone here. I'm not going to sit here and look at your story and go, pfft. That never happened, uh, nor do I think our listeners would ever do that. But then also, you know, if you're if you're really nervous about, well, I don't want my name out there or anything like that, change your name, change your location. I don't know, to, uh, change anything you want to about it because we're, we're not going to sit here and set you up to be embarrassed. I want you guys to share with us and feel comfortable that nothing negative is ever going to happen from you sharing with us. Uh, when you share your stories with us, a couple things happen. First off, obviously, we can read your stories on the air. We can get some answers for you. We can, uh, you know, you have a camaraderie of people who ha- feel like they're they're not alone in the situation that they're maybe facing right now. And it's very cathartic. It's the biggest thing is when you share your stories, I, and I know from my own personal experience, when you sit here and you tell somebody else, this is what's happened to me you feel like a big weight's been taken off your shoulders and it just makes you feel better about what you've been through. So uh, it, it really is helpful. Um, and I, I, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you guys and we're here to help educate folks. So uh, also in the realm of education, uh, we have had a lot of questions about defining of terms. We are looking at a couple of programs that we're going to be doing where we've had people say, well, what are poltergeists? What are residual hauntings? What are demons specifically? Then we're going to try to define those terms as best we can. So we'll have a couple of episodes where we actually dig deep into each aspect of the paranormal and maybe get some better understanding for folks. We're going to look at not only the aspects of people's experiences, but we're going to look at people who have studied the paranormal for most of their lifetime who have actually done scientific study on it and then also folks like myself who have been out in the field doing investigations and what our experience has told us this is this and that is that and make sure that we're all on the same page because the last thing I want to have happen is for us to have some confusion out there we're here to help folks to learn and help folks feel better about themselves so that's one way that we can do it is if we're all on the same page then we're gonna definitely have a better understanding in the meantime again that was this week's episode my name is leo rizzuti and i'd like to thank you guys all for listening join us again next week for another episode of true paranormal the podcast <laughs>